Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode. Today, I'm going to talk to you about probably the most important question, the most frequent question I oftentimes receive from parents, and that is, should I take the SAT or ACT? And the truth is, it's not always a straightforward process because what ends up happening is that students will take these diagnostic tests, one for the SAT and one for the ACT, and sometimes the scores are pretty much equivalent. So when it comes to that situation, what should you do? I think the best way to approach it is by looking at three different factors. The first part is learning more about the different styles between the two tests, which I'm going to start to break down. And then I'm going to summarize some of the key takeaways that will help you figure out if you should take the SAT or the ACT. The second thing that you want to consider is the role of time and how fast you read, because it will really boil down to that. And then the third factor, which isn't too important, but isn't it? but it's an important consideration is the essay. So the first thing I'm gonna talk about is the ACT. Now in general, the ACT reading section, the questions are much easier, but you need to go really, really fast. If you look at how much time they give you, 35 minutes and 40 questions and four passages, if you do the math, that's about eight minutes and 40 seconds for each passage. And there's 10 questions for each passage. So essentially what I'm trying to say is you need to read really, really fast. And a lot of times people cannot finish this section, even though the questions are easier because you need to read the passage and then afterwards answer 10 questions. And then there's multiply that by four. And a lot of times people can't just finish it in 35 minutes. So I'm going to talk about the ACT reading section a little bit more in a few minutes. But I wanted to bring that up because it's really going to boil down to the reading sections. So for the ACT grammar, it's pretty much the same questions as the SAT, but it's just longer. So because you're going to see the same types of questions, it really shouldn't be a factor. Whether you're, you feel like your grammar is strong or weak, it, I don't think that should be a consideration because the SAT, the format, is pretty much the same. It's just that the SAT or the ACT it just has a few more. So you gotta answer 75 questions in 45 minutes. Now let's talk about the ACT math section. So one thing that I've been noticing is since October 2017, the questions are getting a bit harder, especially the ones towards the end, the last, I would say, the last 10 questions. It, before that, it used to be the easiest section of all. Um, the questions were very, very straightforward, very, very basic. But I guess a lot of students started doing really well in that section, so they started integrating these harder questions. And by harder questions, um, they're usually like SAT2 level math problems. And so you're gonna see matrices, st some s low level statistic problem, some slightly harder trig problems that go beyond SOHCAHTOA. So I've been noticing that for the math section, they're getting slightly harder, but it's definitely doable. But I don't think that should be a major consideration because at the end of the day, all you gotta do is just brush up your knowledge, 
practice a bit more. And I do think that students can generally do well in the math section, but you're gonna start to see more challenging questions. Now let's talk about ACT science. What the ACT science section tests is how well you can analyze, analyze data as it relates to science. So think lab reports. So biology lab reports, chemistry lab reports, physics lab reports. There's a write-up and there's some charts. They want to know, do you know how to understand charts in the context of science really, really quickly? They give you 35 minutes to answer 40 questions. So again, just like the reading section, you need to go extremely fast. But the interesting thing is like the ACT science, it's a really very manageable section with some given some test taking strategies. And I've noticed that people who enjoy science classes, they tend to find the section very, it's a very manageable section. But if science is not one's forte, um, I would, that would definitely be a factor. Um, and I would weigh that considerably uh, when you have to make that call at the end if you should take the SAT or ACT. Timing, when you first take the ACT section, you may not finish it, so it might initially be troublesome. But with practice, and given that you know people, the people who are generally interested in science, they can definitely combat that section. Uh, what I've been noticing recently is that they are integrating one science-based question that you cannot answer just by looking at the chart. So you do, it's a very basic question, but you do have to remember some basic biology and chemistry and physics to answer those questions. So consider that um, when you're deciding between the two tests. So that's why I was saying people who enjoy science and the concepts kind of stick in their heads a bit more, they probably will find that section a bit easier and they don't mind those one science-based questions that seem to show up in every section. So now what I'm going to do is talk about the SAT. Now I'm going to start off with the reading section. You definitely get more time. You get 65 minutes to answer 52 questions and you get five passages. That's about 13 minutes per passage. Now, something that I've been noticing is it should be ample time. And for the most part, it is ample time. But I've been noticing lately that students are having a hard time finishing this test. But I don't think that is, that's something that people should be concerned about because there are strategies that you could utilize to overcome the time issue. So I don't think timing for the reading section should be a consideration. Um, old passages. Now, one new change with the SAT, as most people know, is that they've integrated these old passages. And what I mean by old passages are they're throwing in excerpts from archaic books, um, archaic documents written around 1800s, early 1900s, and it's not written in the in a contemporary way. So a lot of times students are reading these passages and they're like, I don't really understand what it's what is being said. And so it kind of makes them flustered. And that affects them when they answer the questions. But honestly, the fact that these old passages are presented in a difficult way should not be a consideration because Anybody can do well in the old passage section. You just need to look at it in a different lens. But at the end of the day, I don't think the old passages should be a factor when you're deciding between the SAT and ACT. So even though, let's say, 
you took a practice test or you took the PSAT and your reading section you felt was cons- on the low side, maybe in the 500 six or low 600s, I don't think that's worrisome at all because I know for a fact that given some strategies, given some test prep and given a framework to how to understand and how to answer these questions, anybody can see an improvement. And I know that sounds like a really bold statement, but I do believe that if one is given the proper strategies, these questions are actually not that hard, but people think that they are hard. So they really need to understand how to think through these questions because it's not what most people think it is. So I'm going to quickly go into the math section. Now, let's say you're a student whose forte isn't math. I truly believe that the SAT math section Anybody can conquer it. You just need to practice and you need the right resources and the right tools. But I've seen students who have started out with a 450 and with some drills and with some content review and learning from their mistakes, you can easily shoot up to 700. It's not a, ba- it's not a hard section. So, and most of the time, students just simply forget. They forget because Algebra 1 is tested, Geometry is tested. And when students are taking this test, sophomore year, most likely junior year, and in some situations, senior year, Algebra 1, they took it way back when they were in middle school. Same for Geometry. So that was, what, two, three, four years ago. So they just simply forgot. So they need to review so all that old concepts that they studied a long time ago will come back. And with math, a lot of it boils down to silly mistakes. Sometimes students scan really quickly, so they overlook like a key phrase. So those are what I call silly mistakes. And you just have to be aware that you're making these silly mistakes so that when you take your next practice test, you can just say to yourself, look, I have a tendency to gloss over certain phrases, which leads to wrong answers. So you just got to be aware. And a lot of times now, one new change that they're making with the AC, SAT math section is there is this 25-minute section where they don't use where they don't let you use the calculator. Um, so you really need to, you don't have to answer these questions in the traditional way where you know it's step by step you break down the problems and you have to go through five different steps to get it. No, they're really testing you on can you find the shortcuts. So with that, that's just repetition. Honestly, I feel like it's the same. You could, there's patterns running through the math section and they're just swapping in different numbers and maybe different topics and different phrases for these math problems. But the idea behind it is pretty much the same. So once you kind of do a lot of drills, you're gonna start to notice these patterns. And once you recognize these patterns, the math section becomes a lot easier. So even if you're a student who maybe who doesn't enjoy math or has a little bit of math anxiety, you can definitely overcome that. So I don't think the math section is that hard because I've seen a lot of students quickly improve in that section. So what am I trying to say? By breaking down these the SAT and the ACT section, what are some of the key takeaways that I'm trying to share with you guys? Okay, k- takeaway number one, don't let the grammar sections for both tests, the ACT and the SAT, determine which test you should take. Because grammar is just memorization. And, un- and applying it, and that can be taught. So, and the format is pretty much the same. They're gonna test you on grammar conventions and they're gonna test you on you know, organization development. So the format is the same. So I, because they're identical, 
that should not be a factor. Whether you feel like you need, you forgot your grammar concepts or you're not sure about colons and dashes, like that can be quickly learned. So don't let the grammar section affect your decision at the end of the day. Takeaway two, it's really going to boil down to the reading section. So what I do with the reading section is you have to consider how a student thinks because sometimes it can be adjusted and sometimes it can't. The good news is most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, you can train the student to think a certain way to answer the SAT questions. There's been maybe out of, let's say, 10 situations, I would say nine, a nine out of 10, I can train them. Now, if I feel like after giving them the framework and the strategies, I feel like they're maybe not improving as much, then I would switch them over to the ACT. And I do that really quickly right from the beginning. Because um, how you're supposed to look at these, the SAT reading section, it's not that hard. You just need to shift gears a bit. And pretty much most students can do that. So... I think that you should consider the SAT while it may appear, you know, the old passages might seem slightly intimidating and you might be wondering, hey, I like English classes, but for some reason my score is not going up for the SAT reading section. All you really need to do is shift your framework. Okay, now let's talk about the ACT. If you are considering the ACT, it's really going to be boiling down to time. As I mentioned earlier, the questions are not that hard. You, the, the clock is your enemy. So because, now there's ways to overcome the clock, okay? So know that for the ACT, you can beat the clock. So what I normally do for students is I spend about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, two hours, and I give them the strategies, I give them the framework, and then I test it out and I'll give them the test. And I should, let's say they come in and they say, hey, Diana, my scores for the SAT and ACT are exactly the same, so I can't really decide. So what I end up doing is I'll teach them the framework for the SAT and then I'll teach them a strategy to beat the clock for the ACT and then I'll give them a, a short test. And from there, one can see there should be a score disparity. One should score really high in the SAT or really high in the ACT. And that's going to help you decide if you should be an SAT or an ACT person. Okay. Because a lot of times what people do is they just go into these tests cold and, and then their scores come about the same. And so they're not sure how to go about it, how to decipher that. Because it is a very complex situation because you got to get that question right because you don't want to waste time. Students are already super busy. And let's say you go in thinking, I'm going to take the SAT. So you spend you know, a couple months studying that for that test. And then you, know, you have sports, you have school stuff. And then you know, a few months pass by. You know, and it's and then it becomes six months and then eight months and you haven't really figured out your testing situation yet. So you're wasting time. So what you want to do is right from the beginning, before you even decide, oh, I'm going to take the SAT or ACT, figure out which test is best for you. So if the ACT is better for you, spend two or three months studying for that test. Don't just go in there 
assuming that the SAT, you're going to take the SAT because everyone around you is taking the SAT. I don't think that's the right way to approach it because I've seen a lot of situations where people say to me, well, I just took the SAT because, you know, I thought it was the better test and all my friends were taking it. And then a year passes by, they're already seniors now and they haven't figured out their testing situation. And then on top of that, you have your college applications going on. So it's, and you have a lot on your plate. So you don't want, you don't want to waste time. So when the time is right for you, somewhere between sophomore year, junior year, figure out which test is right for you. Okay. Um, generally, I say this with a grain of salt. Uh, students who are more math and science oriented tend to prefer the ACT, but that's not a hard and fast rule. It's just something I've generally noticed, but I've also seen people who love science and math and they do really, really well in the SAT. So I do factor that in, but I don't let that be my sole consideration, okay? So another thing that you wanna factor in is the essay. Personally, I don't think it should be a huge factor, factor that I, which I mentioned earlier, uh, but you, want, you might want to consider it. For the SAT and ACT, there are templates that you can use. So because you can pre-plan the essay, that's why I don't think it's a big issue. I would say, though, that if you're seriously leaning towards the ACT um, because the reading and science sections are a breeze for you, then then the ACT essay should be a factor because, well, if the, the two hardest sections in the ACT, reading and science, are easy for you, then it's just a bonus because the ACT essay is generally easier. The, we the reason why it's easier is because it's your typical standard persuasive essay, which we've most students learned in middle school. And for the a SAT, they changed it. So now you're analyzing the rhetorical strategies that authors use to build an argument. And the problem with that is it's not typically covered in the high school curriculum unless you take AP language and composition, which some schools offer, and some schools don't offer it. And even if a school offers it, a student may not choose to take that class. So essentially, you have to learn that from scratch. But it's not a, it's not a hard concept to learn. Like I said, there are templates, and you can break down that test. Um, and I think the way it's, if you teach it right, you, the SAT essay, even though it's a completely new topic for most students, it, you, one can definitely do well in it. So I hope that you found this helpful. And so if you're in this situation where you're debating between SAT and ACT and you're in this situation where you've taken your practice tests already and they've come out about the same, Know that, weigh all these factors, the pros and cons. And if you're still not certain, you should definitely talk to someone about, you know, how you can kind of navigate your way through um, and, then, and then go from there. So I hope this, you guys found this helpful and then I'll see you guys in the next episode.